With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a smarter sports better with a VSIN Pro subscription for limited time. Sign up for just $9.99. Get full access to everything we do, including daily pro picks on all the summer action, which includes NFL and college football futures, premium analysis from our team of top handicappers and industry experts, 24 7 video access, and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits showing you where the public and sharp money is going to give you an edge. Don't miss out on our lowest intro price of the year. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe. That's where you can sign up today. Rolling along here on the Lombardi line. I got my homerism out of the way now early in the show, Michael, and we can move on to some NFL talk here. And there are a few uh, headlines uh, as we go through another week of mandatory minicamps ongoing. DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook, still the big free agents that are available right now. And ESPN's Diana Rossini reporting Hopkins' visit with the Titans Monday went well. He did not leave with a deal, however, which was Largely expected, I think. DeAndre Hopkins said that he wants to make sure that he's getting the most out of this process. I'm sure getting the most out of the pocketbook of whichever team ultimately ends with him as well. Um, Hopkins is next expected to visit with the New England Patriots, although Bill Belichick, when asked about Hopkins' potential trip, said, quote, I'm not a travel agent. Current odds still have (laughs) Buffalo back in the favorites role to land the star wide receiver, though. Michael, where do you currently sit on best landing spots for D-Hop? Well, I, I think Buffalo certainly is a great spot, you know, because the even though they drafted Dalton Kincaid to be a slot tight end, a big tight end in their in their twelve personnel grouping, uh, they could use Hopkins in that role. But the concern you have with Hopkins is twofold, right? So the contract, which is what is that number? I asked somebody in the league this morning, what's he looking for? And they didn't know. Whereas Dalvin Cook's agent is telling people it's going to be, he's going to get 9 million. Now, what does that mean? Does he get 9 million in signing bonus and base salary, five to sign, four base salary over avoidable contract? I don't know. But Cook's going to get, according to his agent, 9 million. What Hopkins is going to get is really up in the air. Clutch isn't saying this to teams, so teams are bringing him in. The, the factor with Hopkins, the concern is, so he gets suspended last year for PEDs. He hasn't practiced. He's missed games the last two seasons. And he is 30 years old. And 30-year-old receivers, I know the great Jerry Rice, and I know some guys have had great careers beyond 30. But some guys tend to hit a wall. And I think that's going to be the issue is what the number is as it relates to what the physical is. Mm-hmm. Because one thing, when you come visit a team, you still take a physical. Yeah, no question. The 
The place still that intrigues me the most for Hopkins is the Cleveland Browns and reuniting with Deshaun Watson. And that number, it's moved around a bit, uh, was a plus 150 for a time, uh, was a plus 150 favorite, excuse me, for a time, now plus 350 on the current odds board at DraftKings. Do you think that he could still be in the mix there with Cleveland as well? Well, look, I mean, when you sign Hopkins, here's what you're going to get. You're going to get a guy who's going to get you 60 first downs uh, during the season. 60 first downs. That's pretty good. And every 12 times he touches the ball, it's going to be in the end zone, which is doesn't sound great, you know, but that's a really good number considering the volume of catches. So you know you're going to get converted first downs, you're going to get first downs, and you're going to get points, which are two critical things. Now, where is he in practice, and how does he fit within the culture of your team? Those are issues, as this one coach said to me this morning, there's a lot to work out here, and there's a lot to work through. Which, does it, which sounds like you're going to have to spend time with them. You know, mini camps for most of these teams will end on Wednesday, maybe Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Some teams do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think by the end of the week, Saturday, uh, we'll have a better idea about what Hopkins will do. But there's twofold. It's the money, and then it's how does he relate to our culture. Yeah, and this is going to be a topic of conversation until he signs somewhere. I feel like we're talking D-Hop every single day, but rightfully so when he's such a big name on the market. And we've talked about it numerous times that Odell Beckham Jr. signing with the Baltimore Ravens probably messed with his head a little bit, getting the $15 million sure. and up to 18 in incentives and him feeling, you would imagine, like he's a better player than OBJ. Why is he getting this? And I'm putting this position. Um, the Titans 7-1 on DraftKings to land him. We talked about that visit yesterday. The Patriots plus 450. Um, a few other notable reports from Patriots camp this week, though, as well, including the team cut and bait with running back James Robinson just a few months after the Patriots picked him up for a two-year, $4 million contract worth up to eight, according to The Athletic. Injuries being the issue there. He couldn't stay on the practice field and and to be fair, since that 2021 ACL tear late in the season, he he hasn't really been himself. Yeah, no, he hasn't at all, Stormy. He hasn't had that juice last year. You know, in Jacksonville, he didn't have that burst and have that acceleration. And then he went to the Jets, and he didn't show that either. And a lot of people in the league were claiming the Jets didn't play, play him later in the season because they didn't want to give up a later draft pick. When he got traded from Jacksonville to the Jets, it was contingent on production. So if he mm -hmm. went over this number, the, the Jets would have had to give it a better draft pick, and they didn't want to do that. And so New England tried him. Really, this was a tryout. We'll take a look-see to see if we can get you back to that level. They couldn't. So, you know, they're going to have to rely on, you know, Pierre Strong. They're going to have to rely on Wilcox, uh, J.J. Wilcock. They're going to have to rely on some other running backs in there to go along with Rondo Stevenson, who can play on three downs. Now, Dalvin Cook would fit nicely in this. He'd be a perfect complement to Stevenson. He'd be the perfect James White player. But at $9 million, it's hard. So, you know, Aaron Jones took a pay cut to go to $11 million with the Packers. And none of these franchise guys are getting money. They're not getting any long-term deal. You know, Eckler's deal that he just received was really about could take him from 6.25 cash this year only up to $8 million. So if somebody's going to give him $9 million, I would suspect it would be over a two-year contract, somewhere in that range. But the agent believes, and he's telling teams this, that he's going to get $9 million, and he's got that. And typically when agents tell you that, they have it. The Miami Dolphins still the favorite as of right now um, to have Dalvin Cook come back home. Broncos sitting there at 5-1, to one, although we've heard largely, at least in the media, that he's 
that the Broncos are not in the running. So we'll see uh, where Dalvin ends up making sense from a dollars and cents standpoint as well when it comes to the cap. And the the yeah. thing about um, Robinson's release that surprised me, though, Michael, when it comes to him being out with the Patriots already, is I thought that you would make a decision like that on a guy after training camp or throughout training camp. It surprised me that they've done it now. Well, they, he probably had deadlines in his contract, Stormy. And look, if, if you've gone through the whole offseason and you don't have it, then you're not getting it. And that's a concern. And so you're basically saying to yourself, are, are we, we're risking injury here and losing cap dollars for something that we haven't seen. You know, and if you saw progress, if you saw a little bit of a burst, yes, okay. This isn't about being out of shape. And so the market comes back. Look, when you go through this market of running backs, we saw Sanders signed for $6.5 million. We saw Montgomery to sign about there. And so when you, when you see this, the, the, you don't want to really take a risk on a back because there's going to be a surplus of backs out there that you could bring in. That's what makes the Barkley threatened holdout so, you know, not believable because let's Let's face it, there's no market out there that's indicated that someone's willing to pay above this $10 million threshold. Um, a- another report? For, so this is weird to me coming out of Patriots camp because I was very much so under the assumption that Mac Jones is the starter, but there's reports that Mac Jones is beating out Bailey Zappi. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Well, Did I mean, we not assume that Mac Jones was going to be the guy? Well, well, I think, with, you know, the thing is, is, if you understand the Patriots' culture, is Belichick doesn't give out any starting jobs until they're earned. And yeah, I think no, after no, no. The I, I understand that, and I know and that so he, he's saw never that going to admit. To it, it's a little bit like Spolstra. I love what Spolstra said. Spolstra just, he said, hey, Denver was better in this series. He didn't say Denver was the better team. He said, in this series, they were better than we were. It's the same thing with Belichick. He's very calculated what he says. You know, we're not giving away starting jobs. So Mac Jones is going to have to earn it. Now, Mac Jones is going to have to protect the football and make good decisions and be accurate with the ball because he doesn't have enough innate athletic skills or arm strength to compensate for any mistakes. And that's going to be the key to the Patriots season. I guess, like, I understand the Belichick way for sure. And you're going to keep that stuff close to the vest. You talk about having to earn positions. I'm just saying from the outside looking in, even if it wasn't clearly stated, I just thought that was the assumption. So it was odd to me to see this as a headline that, oh, it looks like he's going to be doing it over Zappi. I I think, I think, I mean, it's Mac's job to lose headline sells, right? You know, and so some, some guys got to go out there with first team. And one of the things Belichick likes to do is to see how competitive a player is. Maybe today, you know, yesterday, Mac Jones took all the first team reps. Maybe today, Bailey Zappi will, or Trace, or Trace, uh, Trace McSorley will take some. But at the end of the day, when you get to training camp, that's, it's going to be what Billy O'Brien and the team believes, which has got to be Mac Jones has got to play well. No question, and he's already said himself as well that he understands he has a lot of respect that he has to earn in the locker room coming off of last season and a lot of the the attitude issues that were certainly there. But you hope that offense with Bill O'Brien can start to click back in a positive way. Win total for the New England Patriots going into the season, sitting at seven and a half right now. And I know our guy, Will Hill, VEASAN contributor, who's going to join us coming up next. He has a play on that win total. We'll see ultimately what it is, the... Patriots also plus 240 to make the playoffs next year. A very competitive division that they play in. Very tough schedule that they have ahead, but certainly should be an improved team from a year ago. We got to take a quick break, though. But as I said, when we come back, Will Hill is going to stop by on the Lombardi line.
Moneyline with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line, everybody. On a Tuesday, this show, as always, presented by BetMGM. Not just your average Tuesday, though. The Denver Nuggets winning their first title in organization history last night the Vegas Golden Knights with an opportunity to do the same game five of the Stanley Cup final coming up tonight Michael Lombardi out on the east coast I'm Stormy Bonantoni live from Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino it's going to be a fun couple of days here from a betting perspective Michael isn't it hello uh, there for Stormy back Stormy I yeah, thought I lost you, hear you there me? for a oh no Oh, I got you now. I lost you for a second. That's good. No, I mean, look, we, we have it. Will touched on a little bit, but the U.S. Open at L.A. Country Club, you know, to end the week is going to yeah. be a fun one as we bring together the Live Tour and the PGA Tour and the ramifications of all that. So, yeah, there's a lot to bet on this week. And tonight, you know, you've got the, you've got the big one. If you can get this one tonight, that parlay you have is huge. Yeah. Oh, fingers crossed. Would love for that to come together. That's kind of what we closed talking the show about yesterday, that Nuggets and Knights. Game five money line parlay. So hoping to get the second leg home at the end of this hour, we're going to have ESPN's Greg Wyshynski give us all of his thoughts, breaking down a critical game five. And if he thinks that there is any wiggle room in the con Smythe market for who ultimately is the MVP of the playoffs this year in the NHL. But when we left off with Will Hill, we were talking about that elderly Stefan Diggs, that darn old man, 30 years old. <laughs> but it's interesting because over the last hour, Michael, there's actually been a lot of news that's been making the cycle on Diggs because Sean McDermott said that he was very concerned about Diggs and didn't offer up any details about what the issue with him is, but that he wasn't there for mandatory minicamp. Obviously, he wasn't there for voluntary OTAs as well, but a lot of people swept that under the rug as nothing. So the reports were within the last 40 minutes that he's not there. Then seven minutes ago, Adam Schefter tweets that Diggs' agent said his client is in Buffalo, has been there since yesterday, met with the head coach and GM over the last couple of days and took his physical and will be there for the entirety of minicamp. What's going on out there with this guy? Well, this reads like uh, a little bit like a John Grissom novel, but it really reads <laughs> like a guy that is uh, unhappy with his contract, right? And so this is this is part of the offseason. And, you know, Diggs got his huge contract three years ago when he left Minnesota to come to Buffalo. And Minnesota used that first-round pick to draft Justin Jefferson, who's going to get a huge contract. But what we've seen from the receiver market is a huge underpayment of guys that got contracts three years ago. You're always kind of behind on an average per year basis, and you want to catch up. Mike Evans, which is remarkable, he hasn't complained. He's one of the oldest contracts currently out there at wide receiver. And so he's underpaid. And Diggs is probably seeing what Beckham got, you know, what Christian Kirk got down in Jacksonville and all these other guys, what they're making. And he's like, wait a minute. You know, it's time for me to come back to the tilt again. I'm 30 years old. You know, it's time for me to redo my deal. I had a productive season. You know, I was still I still was able to, you know, I scored 11 touchdowns. I had a 70% catch ratius, you know, and I was able to get 74 first downs, which is incredible. So I think that's what this is all about. And I think that's why he might be in the building. He might be taking a physical to avoid the fine. But I don't think he is happy with his compensation because he feels the he's been passed by, which is ultimately what happens. 
it's just the, I guess my follow-up to that would be, is it unusual? Um, you mentioned like all of these receiver contracts and everything and feeling like you're underpaid, but so new into the extension that he signed, it just, it feels like that's a little bit early to be unhappy. Uh, maybe well, I'm he just signed crazy. the extension. He signed the extension three years ago, right? So since that, since that extension, he signed Tyree Kill got done. Could Devontae Adams got done. Cooper Cup's done. A.J. Brown's done. So he's got more guys in front of him, even though his average per year is still $24 million, He still probably feels like, I need to get up to Tyree Kill's average. And so, look, I do this, and he knows he has all the leverage because you take Diggs out of their offense, what do they have? Maybe I'm mistaken. I just thought that Diggs signed that extension last year. So maybe my memory is just jacked up. So that's why I was thinking, like, that just feels so new. He signed until 2027, um, what I see here right now. But, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. He might have – you know, what, what What he might have gotten is – I think what he got here as I look at it, what he probably got was an extension in terms of, you know, a redo in terms of getting his value. But 22 is – so 22 is when he actually got this extension on – from when he was with the after the trade, so you know it's still you know it's still yeah. one year old. So I guess maybe he is, but I'm sure he's probably looking for more. Yeah, just feels like a convoluted situation where you've got Sean McDermott saying we're very concerned, and then his agent slide in uh, information to Schefter that nope, he's there. He's going to be for the entirety of minicamp. Nothing to worry about. I so. think Sean's concerned. I think Sean's concerned about is he going to remain happy and and what is his mindset? You know. Yeah. And I think that it always comes back to money. Yeah. And a team that, while I know our guy Will Hill thinks they could take a step back, taken under that 10.5 win total, still a team with very, very high expectations. The favorite in their division, um, top three in terms of the odds to win a Super Bowl this year, trying to get over that hump. So we'll see how things play out with the Buffalo Bills. We started yesterday, Michael, talking about some burning questions uh, as it pertains to the different mandatory mini camps that are ongoing right now. We were on the letter C, and we're doing the ones that start this week, mind you, um, that are doing their mandatory camps this week. We did burning questions last week for the teams that already began. So we're on the letter C, and we're starting today with Chicago Bears because um, there's been a very, I, I feel like at least, there's been a lot of public love for the Chicago Bears this year. Justin yeah. Fields potentially taking a step, but to I know both of us, the stack of areas where he needs to improve is still very, very high. So the burning question will be about Fields. Does he take a big enough step, and will the hype that we are seeing for him be warranted this year? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty clear how I feel about that. I, I don't understand this love affair that's going on, especially when a guy has to demonstrate that he can adequately throw the ball consistently. And I know that the, the conversations from my man, Mr. Mister Femi, who has every excuse in his, in his pocketbook to come up with fields. Because, look, fields is a great athlete. He's a great runner. But is he a great passer? You know, they only threw the ball 22 times last year on average per game, and they were and they lost by eight point eight and a half points. So he's got to improve. the The rhetoric that the narrative that I think is wrong, Stormy, is is that we finally got weapons around them. You know, mm -hmm. that no, the quarterback makes the weapons around them better. And so, like this team, you know, okay, now we got DJ Moore. You know, well, DJ Moore didn't make Baker Mayfield better, did he? Did mm -hmm. I miss that? Did DJ Moore make PJ Walker better? I, I missed that too. So this rhetoric about did PJ did 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 Dante Foreman make Baker Mayfield better? I mean, he had a thousand yards. I mean, he was good, right? 
So, like, all this talk and nonsense about, well, the, you get the receiver will make the quarterback. No, no, the quarterback makes everybody better. He's the point guard. And if he doesn't deliver the ball on time, in rhythm, in the right spot, the offense is going to fall apart. And so, you know, when you look at this Bears team, this love affair that people have for them, on a, I mean, they're in the same number of wins as the Green Bay yeah. Packers. And this is a team that was – even, I mean, they were 32nd in the National Football League in points allowed, partly because Mr. Fields turns the ball over so much. Yes. Partly because they can't win a turnover battle, but also because they're horrible on defense. I mean, they are horrible on defense. I mean, it, it's really comical how, you know, when you go through it, I, I when you go through it, there was nine games where they gave up over 400 yards, and one game they gave up 500 to the Lions. How are you winning those games? I mean, I think the least amount of yards they gave up was to the commanders in that horrible game where it was 214. This defense doesn't stop anybody. I'm not buying the Bears. I'm sorry. And a lot of the sentiment um, around this team is because of the way that Justin Fields played the last handful of games in the season in OTAs. He's getting you know, all the glowing reviews from writers. I, I hear people say that. Okay, let's go. You know, like that's just become, you know, when, when people say that, I, I kind of laugh. I mean, okay, so, you know, Femi hit me with that on the podcast. You know, his last four games of the season, he was much better. His QBR was, you know, was was really improved. And and so, I, I, I like, QBR to me is me. I don't get it. I mean, we've seen some of those QBRs, but, you know, I mean, against Detroit, you know, he plays, he's seven for 21. That's a 40 point QBR. He got hurt in that game. You know, he played against that Buffalo Bills team. He had, you know, he was 15 for 23 for 119 yards. Is that good? 15 for 23 for 119. Is that good? Like whatever your QBR is, is 23 attempts. You get 119 yards. Michael. That's not good. Michael, I just want to remind you, I'm not Femi. I'm not on the Justin Fields bandwagon. I'm rooting for him. Don't get me wrong. I want him to play well. But, like, you don't have to convince me that it's not happening right now for Justin well, I'm Fields. Not, I'm, I'm with not you. taking it out on you, <laughs> but I'm just trying to understand the yeah. rationale behind this narrative. Okay, then the game before that, he had 21 attempts for 152 yards. Like, and, and, you're, and, and that game he had 119 QBR. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Like he didn't. He, he and, you're, you're, and he you're had, basically doing nothing. And he had the most fumbles in the like of all quarterbacks last year with 16. The games 29 that he played. of them. He like, had over his career. Well, He's got 29. Fumbles. And I know he didn't lose I mean, lose them all, so that's a plus. But still, if you're putting the ball on the turf, that's a problproblem. In OTAs, also you're not getting sacked, so he's not having to worry about that right now. Of course, he looks great considering he's not getting taken down to the ground, but. Three and 14 last year, worst record in the NFL, and their odds are shorter in the division than the Green Bay Packers, who are a, are a team that is like they just have quarterback questions. But I know you still have a level of confidence in Jordan Love. So it's it's a very, very interesting situation, I feel like, for Chicago. Um, and there are a lot of things Fields needs to improve on. Like he holds on to the football for too long. The running is fun for fans, but at the end of the day, that's all you're good at. That's not going to win you football games. And so Again, there's a lot to go into it. A lot more burning questions that we have as well for a number of these teams. I'm sorry. I, we got stuck on C. It's okay. But you brought Fields up, and you know, you know what? I knew better. I got I to stop the narrative. I knew better. I should have known. I shouldn't have got you on the, the QBR train. I'll, I'll do better next time. We got to take a no, commercial break. No, it's not your break. fault. It's great. I mean, explain it to me. I didn't know 23 attempts and 119 yards was great. I missed it. I didn't know it. Michael, we got to play the commercials. We got to play the commercials. <laughs>
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. You can see changes in all of the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match that public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way VSIN's here to make you a smarter, better year round. You can check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. This is the Lombardi line on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bon and Tony with you. And as of this moment, Michael, Yes. Justin Fields is now Voldemort. He who shall not be named on this program. Are you are you okay to move forward? I'm perfectly fine. Somebody sent me a text this morning. I, I got to read it to you, and I won't say who sent it to me, but somebody sent me a text saying, you know, uh, where is it here? Uh, it said, who in the hell capitalized is betting Fields to be offensive player in the year at 20 to 1? Good God. <laughs> who is doing this it's like that trey lance mvp train let's 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 move on from that shall we but i like i said and one final thought on this and then we're moving on d for denver broncos but um i understand a lot of the thought process after you see a guy like jalen hurts who had so many doubters it's like we forget going into last year that last year was like a prove it type of a season for him because yeah. people were wondering whether or not with the weapons around him if he was going to be able to succeed and he did, and he took that massive leap from year two to year three. For me, Jalen Hurts is the exception to the rule. You can't just plug and play anybody into that type of a situation, especially in an organization that is coming off such a bad season and has so many other issues as well outside of the quarterback. So leaving it there, now let's go to the Denver say, Broncos, okay? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say a word, Stormy. I'm going <laughs> to let it go right there. Okay, my burning question to you, Michael, as it pertains to the Denver Broncos who are in mandatory minicamp. Will Sean Payton really elevate the play of their star quarterback, Russell Wilson, and turn them into the contender we thought that they could be when that blockbuster deal got done? Well, I don't know if he's going to make him into this elite top five quarterback or top ten quarterback, but I think he'll manage them. And unless... Russell Wilson decides that he just doesn't want to get hit anymore and he refuses to step up into the pocket and and take what the, is available. And he panics and runs to his right or spins or try to do the let Russ cook plays, then it'll be bad. But I do think they will improve as a complete team. I think Peyton is very good at running an offense. He's very good at getting his quarterback to play within the system. So my answer is yes. I expect them to be better. I expect them to have a, a more impact from the quarterback position. And I think that the fact that they will be better coached more than anything as an mm -hmm. entire team will be able to help them win more games this year. And I think another good thing, if you are a Denver Broncos fan going into this year, is that they were last season – dead last in scoring and Russ had the worst season in his career in the majority of areas. So you can only really go up from here in general. You're going to go yeah. up from the five and 12 season. It feels like um, it seems like you've got a head coach that has his head on straight last year, obviously dealing with a rookie head coach and Nathaniel Hackett, who didn't really know which way was up a lot of reason, I think to step in the right direction. 
In terms of the division odds, plus 550 in the AFC West. We know that division historically has been owned by the Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and company. For finishing position, though, for the Denver Broncos, I mean, there are some options now up there on DraftKings. If you think that they could potentially leapfrog the Chargers, plus 270 to finish second in the division, plus 190 to finish third, there's some interesting plus money options there, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly. And if you think imp the impact that Sean's going to have, but here's what worries you a little bit, right? You know, Russell won four games last year. People forget he only won six games with Seattle the year before. He's won 10 games you know, over the last two seasons. And so, you know, that is a reflection of him. He can blame the offensive coordinator in Seattle or the head coach in Denver, but that's the issue. And do I think they're going to make this leap from, you know, the four wins to 12 wins? No. Do I think they could get to seven or eight? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. And we're going to find out how good they are on defense, right? I mean, with Vic Fangio there, they were always playing from behind. They weren't able to. Do they have enough path rushers? I know they've tried to address that in the offseason. But I do think Sean will make the team better. I, I just think they have to become contenders before they become great. Okay, let's go to G. Green Bay Packers. Not many people out there giving the Packers a chance year one with Jordan Love after their four-time MVP. Aaron Rodgers moved on to the New York Jets. Odds have them finishing last in the NFC North despite the Bears who won just three games last year in the division. My burning question, will Jordan Love hit the ground running or what's the level of growing pains you anticipate for the young quarterback? Well, I mean, last year, Rodgers turned the ball over through 12 interceptions, which hurt them. You know, typically Rodgers always is very protective of the football, but that hurt them. I think the fact that they can run the ball, they have a good defense, and I think if LaFleur plays this in terms of a head coach and tries to manage the game on a week-to-week -week basis on how it gives him a chance, gives Jordan Love a chance to play well, I think they can win more games. I, I really think they're a better team. I don't understand the lack of disrespect. You know, one of the things Spolster talked about at his post-game press conference last night was uh, one of the things he'll remember about this team is how they rose to the level after being so disrespected. I think this is a little bit with the pa – pa we're slapping the Packers in the face. Mm -hmm. I mean, on one hand, we're saying, you know, Justin Fields is great. On the other hand, we say Trey Lance is great. Everybody's great. Poor Jordan Love, who's never – we've never really seen him play, right? We've seen one game against Kansas City. It wasn't good, but he had no real practice. But we've really never seen him kind of get into a groove and play. And yet we just dismiss him completely. It's all a part of the PR narrative. So I'm all in on the Packers. I, I think the Packers will surprise people. I do think this, though, Stormy. I think it's going to take some time. I think they're a young team offensively at the skill players. And I think they're going to have to gradually grow into that. I expect them to be a better team in the later part of the season than the early part. Good opportunity for Jordan Love specifically to rack up some early wins, potentially some confidence. Seven of their first eight games against non-playoff teams from last year, not exactly a murderer's row of defenses either. Um, so we'll see how things start off, at least for the Green Bay Packers. Win total going into next season, sitting at seven and a half. The Houston Texans, Bryce Young has already been named QB1 in Carolina. C.J. Stroud, not yet with the Texans. How long until Stroud is no longer sharing first-team reps with Davis Mills, and does that distinction at this point in the offseason matter? 
Well, I think it does because one of the things that we never talk enough about in terms of the head coach's problems are how many reps does he give players to get them ready to play in the regular season? And with quarterbacking, you know, it's hard to work two groups. It's hard to work, you know, give a quarterback a ton of reps. So Davis Mills is going to have to pay a price here. Same with Case Keenum, who they signed to a contract. Why? I don't know. You know, obviously they weren't planning on drafting a quarterback because I think they thought Case Keenum could be a backup. Now they've got two backups. So I think they're going to have to give C.J. Stroud all the reps, and that starts now. I think when they come back from camp in this summer, you know, when they start with the first week, I think the first preseason game, it's important since there's only three of them, that Stroud takes the majority of those reps with the first-team receivers and the first-team offensive line. See, that's the other thing too, Stormy, is you've got to have a really good backup line when you have two quarterbacks. Because if you're trying to rotate the quarterbacks, you can't put the starting quarterback with a bad line or else, you know, it's going to break down. Mm -hmm. And so you have to have two really good lines so that you can evaluate the quarterbacks correctly. It's a hard thing to do. And I'm not sure Houston has one great offensive line. So whoever's getting with the offensive line and the starting receivers has a chance to blossom. And I think that'll be Stroud. Win total for the Houston Texans this year, six and a half. In terms of their division wins, the over-under set at two and a half. And fun fact, yes, Houston was 313-1 on the season last year, but they actually had a winning record in the division, 3-2-1 and yeah. one in division games. Stroud, they, always play, they, yeah. they always play Tennessee good. I mean, they they always they, they beat Tennessee. They they went to Jacksonville. I don't know how they won that game. If you you know that game was a miracle game, and then they beat Hindi in the last game of the year when they shouldn't have, and they would have had Bryce Young. Um, Stroud plus 750, fourth in the odds for offensive rookie of the year. Let's go to another rookie quarterback. Last one here, Indianapolis Colts. How will Anthony Richardson develop this off season? Will it be enough for us to see him early in the season? Well, you know, we had Chuck Pagano on on Sunday, and Chuck thinks he's going to start. I think he's going to start. All indications are he is. You can't run the six-back offense with Gardner Minshew. you got to run the six-back offense with Anthony Richardson. So I think he'll start. I worry about him staying healthy the first part of the season. Because remember, the game from the summer to the game to the September is a completely different game. It's much faster. It takes a little bit of adaptation in that area. From burning questions to intriguing props, we're going to take a, a quick break here in a moment, Michael, but I want to get your opinion on some running back props. There are a number of players that have yeah. found new homes this offseason. There are some that are approaching elderly status, just under 30, though, so still considered in their prime. <laughs> you know, it's one of those types of things. So I want to get uh, – uh, yeah, but we're going to do it, it in, in separate categories where you can only pick one, so I'm really going to test well, you. You pick some, too, now. You're going to have to pick okay. some, too. All right. Listen, I'm I'm stressing enough about the Stanley Cup here. You're I know. Throw, I know. I'm just trying to get your mind off it, Stormy. I'm I just trying to get your mind off See, it. See, what a guy, Mike. Well, I knew I liked you. We're going to take that commercial break, but once we come back, get into some of those props. And we got Greg Wyshynski of ESPN rounding things out to give us everything that he can tell us in 10 minutes about the Vegas Golden Knights and how great they are. I hope. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.